0: Uh, it's an honour to welcome to the show my esteemed colleague and all-round lovely man, Mr Matt Ford. Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks mate. How are you? Man, I'm really, really good. Obviously, people will know you here at Absolute Radio from being one half of the Matt on Matt action that is rock and roll football <laughs> with Matt Dyson. Um, but just very quickly, to start with the football, it's been a goal fest since football came back, isn't it?
1: It's been, I mean, last weekend was incredible, the um, the Spurs-United game and the Villa-Liverpool game, it's been incredible how good the Premier League has been since the start, start of the new season, it's been brilliant, because obviously not having fans there, it, it does ruin it a little bit, but... The amount of goals we've seen has just been wonderful.
0: Do you think we're holding people back? Us being there has been holding football back all these years when it actually really is, uh, like I say, a, a rugby score type game and it's us fans that have been putting the pressure on the players and they've not been able to perform. Maybe we just need to stay away.
1: I mean, it does make you wonder, doesn't it, whether actually you're absolutely right, that not having fans there screaming at them, I mean, who'd have thought that not having 30,000 people making accusations about your private life, yeah. what your wife gets up to, and whether your parents were married when they had you or not, apparently not having that
0: going on helps you do a better job. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I just thought it was water off a duck's back, but clearly it's getting <laughs> to these guys. I feel feel almost bad about it. But it's interesting, though, isn't it, how psychologically, without that element of the, the fan side of things, that's what I'm finding fascinating because weirdly the same thing's happening in the NFL at the moment it's the highest amount of points scored in the first three weeks of the NFL as well up until this point so uh, there's definitely something going on without the, the fans being there the teams are probably playing with maybe a bit more to a game plan or it's a bit like a training match I don't know what it is Do You know what I mean? but it's a shame though that say Villa fans weren't in the stadium to witness their win against Liverpool the other night
1: this is all I mean this means are we the problem
0: I think we might be the problem Matt
1: Oh, oh no. God, what a horrible way to find out Well, I suppose, from a a show point of view, that's good, because it means everyone has to stay at home and listen to rock and roll football, so...
0: Yes, well, this is Long may it continue. On behalf of our sponsors, we're very grateful. (laughs) Because I was concerned, you know, I remember being concerned for you and Matt, like, how are they going to get on, because there's no fans at any of these games and everything, but you two must just be updating goals left, right and centre, almost out of control there's a lot of goals um forest have started appallingly badly <laughs>
1: so um in a way the premier league is is like a nice um distraction from forest being like, oh it's just been awful for us but the premier league has been good and you know, at least there's
0: that we won't dwell on that uh, I mean last time we no. chatted to you you were a guest on Home Time uh, a few weeks back right in the midst of this whole uh, lockdown craziness and obviously you were shielding because of, you've got uh, you've got asthma is that the issue there that you recently had to kind of stay kind of holed up in the flat for ages during the middle of it
1: Yes, I've got a severe form of asthma, which meant I wasn't allowed out at all during lockdown. Um, but it, were, it wasn't too bad. I think some, uh, I think people with children have had it worse. That seemed, friends of mine with kids seem to have had the worst time. I think. I think that's been really stressful.
0: And now that everything's kids. gone back to normal a little bit, um, although not that much, how how are things for you? Is life kind of kind of like normal in in terms of work and being out and about and stuff? How how is it now that you're back out there in the wide world?
1: But I don't really go out that much still. I'm still quite nervous of it. And I think a lot of people listening to this who had to shield will feel the same way, is that you're still really cautious of it. And particularly when cases are rising again, I think you're, you become quite adept at minimising your own risk. So I'm just in the house all day watching either... And that's what's been great. There's about 10 football matches on every day. Yes. I watch the Spurs documentary. I'm just burning through box sets. I mean, it's almost like... I've been a student again. It is
0: great. Like being back at university, might as well have uh, tuna pasta bake or something like that just to (laughs) round it all off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Well, also, also, it's awful, but if we're going to be forced to make the most of it, then... You know, yeah. Well, that's it. Was the Dun- the face.
0: Dunkirk spirit is what we're looking for a little bit there as well. Uh, uh, well, this is this is a huge thing. Let's talk about your debut book, Politically Homeless, is out tomorrow. Are you feeling oh, kind wow. of nervous? Are you pacing around the flat, Are you constantly refreshing your Twitter feed to see whether there's any early reviews. And how do you feel on the eve of a book about to be released?
1: You know what, I am a bit more nervous than I thought I was going to be. Because I never set out to write a book. I'm a comedian and stuff. So it was never something I ever thought I'd do. But I've ended up doing it. So now I really care about it. And um, particularly this week, it's the the release date. I can't believe it's out tomorrow. It's just mind-blowing that I've written this thing. I think for a lot of people, time has been really strange this year. It simultaneously feels like it's dragged, but also that it's flown by. Yeah, And I can't believe... I can't believe I've finished it and that it's out. And that, that, I mean, I got my copy just the other day and it's so surreal holding it. You know, it, when you do radio and comedy and stuff, you kind of do it and then it disappears. Just the words are gone the moment they've left your mouth, whereas with a book, it's there forever. Yep. And that kind of brings its own pressure, really not to make it rubbish.
0: No, it's a fantastic thing. It's great. And do you know what I really like about it as well? It's one of those books, I mean, I'm not a big reader, but it's one of those books you look at it and you think, I can do that. That's, uh, that's a couple of long commutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Lord of the Rings. I'm going
1: to put that on the paperback. Yeah, you can have that on LinkedIn if you so want. I could do that, Andy Bush. Here you go. Oh mate, what a, what a, what a what a really accurate compliment. What an epitaph. Oh mate, I looked at it and thought I could do that. I could I do it. that. It's
0: an achievable read. And how? What was your writing process? Was it you, like uh, Jessica Fletcher, on an old-fashioned typewriter in your kitchen, or did you go to? Did you do the last page like in misery in a in a wintry hotel with a single match and a glass of uh, Shiraz? What What was the situation? I walked around
1: my flat with a dictaphone, like Alan Partridge, going idea for a <laughs> chapter um, about politics <laughs> and sport. Um, <laughs> I just—it's really boring. I just sat on my laptop and wrote it till I finished it. <laughs> I, didn't really have, I didn't really have any other. I mean, it was it was quite a tight deadline, so I had to write. God, what was it sixty thousand words? Did I mean, you set a I target
0: coming? like a daily? Cause some people break it down into writing and do this amount per week or whatever.
1: Yeah, I, t- I tried to do. I think there was one point where I needed to do about fifteen hundred words a day, and then that became two thousand words a day, <laughs> and then I think it became. I was just like, I need to just. I need to, as as you would imagine, writing a book, it, it's quite hard going in terms of, you know, it's a lot of words. And I yeah. know this makes me sound stupid, but you're like, <laughs> at the start of it, you just think, oh, it feels like such an insurmountable task. But as you say, you break it down into kind of manageable chunks. And I tried not to get distracted. So it was, it was just me, I just locked myself away. It was a bit like having, it was like doing my A-levels again, just having loads of... Um, loads of coffee (laughs) loads of stress and just writing all day
0: oh Oh, man it is fantastic and the thing that you learn uh, I mean I didn't know I mean obviously I've worked with you now for how long have you been at Absolute Radio doing rock and roll football how long have you been Uh with us Couple of seasons now. Couple I measure
1: of seasons.
0: Second proper football loser. <laughs> Couple, Couple of seasons. seasons. Uh, well, I mean, and I didn't oh. realise your your previous history in politics, which is something that you'll you'll kind of learn about uh, through reading the book. But just give give people a little insight into like how that was. I mean, you joined the like you joined the Labour Party at fifteen or something. Is that yeah. right? Like young Labour Party member.
1: I was, pro- I mean, I still am. I'm really a, sort of a sad, tragic, obsessive, really. So I got into it. It was like getting into a football team. I was just threw myself into it really early. Yeah. And was very lucky to have worked in politics for a bit. So, and I'm very upfront about it. My political career basically was a disgrace. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I, I if lost. You I every... If you were a manager, if you were a manager, who
0: would you have been, Matt?
1: Oh God! Well, at the moment, Sabri Lamouchi, <laughs> the the forest manager. Um, but it was, it was. I every, I think every by election I, campaign I ran I lost, oh it was awful. I was drunk a lot of the time. There's a lot of brilliant. I have really had to limit the amount of drinking stories in there. The first <laughs> time I met Tony Blair, I was absolutely battered and I was at number ten. I was like, oh this is. I had so many
0: drinking stories. I was like, this could be a very different book. <laughs> so have you been on stage when they've read out the numbers and you've had to do that? Oh, and you know you've got like a four or five cricket clap going on from some you know, your supporters in the audience. Have you been at that stage running for something?
1: No, so I never stood for anything myself, but I ran campaigns as I staffer, see, And I've, I've been at the counts. I mean, there's a couple of stories in there about... Um, you know, They always tell you that unless you mark an X in the box, your vote won't count. And that's not true. Um, so there's a whole chapter in the book about the things that you can and can't do on a ballot paper that will get counted. And some of them involve swear words. Oh, really? But, um, oh, yeah. So I think last year or the year before, a green candidate got elected because um, <laughs> someone had written next to every other name... Um, a rude word and then next to theirs they'd written not a rude word and yeah. that countered as a really? clear intention of support yeah wow I mean, I tr- yeah I mean there's all sorts of shenanigans in there I, I, I always
0: get quite confused there's such a fine line but such a big difference between I can never get the word right is it soil your ballot paper or spoil because there's just well, a fine line do you know what I mean yeah yeah it is spoil but if you soil yeah. it you have spoiled it <laughs> okay so the, the two are kind of uh, mutually exclusive that's correct <laughs> Quite hard to do in a polling
1: station, though, but good on you if you can pull it off.
0: There's no privacy these days, Matt. There's no privacy. <laughs> uh, but, like, I don't from my own perspective of politics, because, you know, the, the, on the very front of the book, it says how a love of politics turned into a nightmare, then got worse. Uh, like, for me, average man on the street, someone who looks at your book and says, I can do that, uh, I, I just feel like I don't. <laughs> I've got nothing, I've got no involvement in politics because if you put your head above the ramparts, you get shouted at by everybody on Twitter. And sometimes it's easier just to stay out of it. Now, that's not good, is it? The way that we're going.
1: No, I agree with that. And I think, you know what? Most people are fine. And I think Twitter gives you a skewed view of the way that people are and the way the world is. Yeah. Most people kind of engage with politics when they need to, so at a time like COVID or during an economic crash or something like that or during Brexit and they they realise that this is a big deal, the rest of the time they're getting on with their lives and they have friendships with people. They probably don't know how some of their friends vote. You know, that's the level on which most people consume it. So um, it's an accessible book. It's a funny book about... I mean, politics is kind of the backdrop. The, the main thrust of it is I'm an idiot who ended up working in that line of work. And here's some huge mistakes I made and some funny jokes about, you know, how diabolical the last five or ten years have been.
0: So if you, if there was uh, Mini Matt Ford now, 15 years old, is he getting involved in politics or not? If it was like today, you were 15, would that be the case or not?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I suppose I'd have been about... Eleven around the time of the Brexit vote. Then um, in this fictional world, so probably yes. yeah. I think I think there's enough going on. There's an entire fan it.
0: fiction series working out here, isn't there? A, a latter day uh, Matt Ford's age fifteen as eleven during the the Brexit vote.
1: But isn't that you know with the fan fiction thing? Isn't it- that? Isn't the whole point of fan fiction is that it's erotic? I don't think it doesn't or have, have I madly, Have I mistaken it? <laughs> I'm not sure. I it thought can fan be. fiction was always slightly randy.
0: I can't like one with that. That's, uh, let's not rule that out at this stage if anyone wants to uh, <laughs> add in any episodes. Politically <laughs> Horny, that the was, uh, second book. The follow-up. What a fantastic title for a book. I definitely could do that. I could do that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> So, look, one of my, my favourite TV shows ever from growing up, hugely iconic, is Spitting Image, uh, which you are... A, oh, man. You're a huge part of it. Uh, for, like, you know, if you're an actor, Star Wars would be the made-it thing. I'm sure, as a comedian, being on Spitting Image is like achieving, ticking off one of those bucket list things, surely.
1: That's a big deal yeah it's kind of because it's just all sort of crept up on me incrementally it was only at the weekend when the first episode came out that you just realized what a massive deal it was and just the fuss that the media made of it and the messages I've had of people yeah strangers and friends alike obviously i know spitting images is a big deal but it's only it coming back that makes you realize god it's huge and to be part of it It's really a dream come true. It's actually, it's not even a dream come true because I never dreamt I'd be part of it. It's sort of someone else's dream. Do you know what I mean? It's just so mad to be writing on it and voicing Boris and Trump it's incredible I, I really can't I, I don't think I'll sort of know how I feel about it until years to come you know it's so bizarre to be in the middle of it all at the moment
0: and, and, the, and the puppets and everything look better than ever they look fantastic it's almost like more budget has been spent on it than the first time around and everything as well uh, you know like I mean I'll watch B- CBBS with our two year old and there's a dog <laughs> in that and then the fella who's doing the voice is clearly also doing the hand and it's just slightly out of shot and they're trying not to look at yeah. him uh, where are you in, when, when this is all taken place do you, would you dub the voice over afterwards what, what's the kind of process
1: That's a really good question. So I went down to the studio the other week to see it being filmed. So we write the sketches, and then um, on like a Wednesday and a Thursday, I'll record the voice, but I do it from my spare room into the laptop that I'm now talking to you over. Oh, my word. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's all been just – I've just done all my – most people are just working from home on Spitting Image. It's incredible, right? And And then the voice bit gets played into a studio, and the puppeteers mime along with it. So I went along to watch one of my Trump sketches being filmed, And what they do first, they do a hand rehearsal. So there's three (laughs) people for each puppet. And one person does the mouth and one hand. Yeah. The second person does the other hand. And the third person controls the eyes with the blinking and the moving. So you just see these people just moving their hands to to my voice or to whoever's voice it is. And then they bring the puppet in and they stick their hands up the puppet. And then you're watching a puppet that looks like it's speaking, but it's something you said like a week ago. And now they're recording it on this huge set. It's surreal. That's I can't amazing. explain to you how weird it is to be there watching it filmed. It's magic.
0: i tell you what must be the most surreal thing, though, is being the person that lives as maybe their spare room is next to the room where you've got your laptop here in. Give, give us a bit of trump, then, that they would have heard, maybe, you recording into your laptop and thinking, what's going on next door?
1: Well, Adrian, it's great to be back on Virgin Radio. You know, I love you guys. And uh, <laughs> I talk like it's a lot, very loud. I did say to my girlfriend the other day, like, the neighbours are going to think... <laughs> like, there's some guy down there who sounds a bit like Boris Johnson, a bit like Donald Trump. I mean, with Trump, I try and make him sound... Because the puppet is so mad, Yeah, I've kind of changed my impression along with it. So I try and make it make funny noises and squeaks and things. So yeah. I make him make noises that perhaps he doesn't make, but it's conceivable that he would. So I I'll, I'll try and make him squeak, so I'll go, um, make we can't trust these people. They're sneaky. (laughs) And just like make his voice really daft. So God knows what the neighbours think.
0: I mean, there was a brilliant uh, clip where, uh, Boris Johnson was talking about the fact that you you, you play him, you're, you do the voices of him in Spitting Image, and he was you know saying be gentle with me, you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you think Trump is aware of of the fact that because America hasn't got Spitting Image, so do you think he might be aware of it? I know he's had some stuff going on over the past few days, but do you think he's aware of the fact that you're voicing a puppet of him in this huge TV British TV show?
1: I mean, I think he's such an egotist, he would he would probably be aware that there's a puppet of him. I mean, yeah. whether he knows that it's me or not, I don't think it's beyond the realms that he'd have seen it but it yeah. was funny watching that clip of Boris where he's asked about I was surreal to see the Prime Minister talk about you on telly but amazing. what was really funny is, is when the, the lady from ITV News says oh Matt Ford is this comedian's doing you he immediately basically goes into a Boris Johnson impression yeah goes, well I, yeah I can't you know I'm i you know I'm I yeah, just immediately <laughs> basically starts doing an
0: impression of me impersonating him it's great it is amazing it's like uh it's like fiction becomes reality isn't it it's, it's bizarre fan fiction erotic fan We're fiction on. becomes reality that's what's happening that is what's is <laughs> happening and just very quickly with with um obviously trump going in for you know going into this kind of medical center but, you know getting uh, diagnosed with coming down with covid-19 do you, is there panic stations then about uh, what's in the program or how do you how do you respond to that when you've got breaking news like that going on because it happens so quickly
1: yeah you have to think about it really carefully because obviously we wish him well and you know you don't wish any human being dead you know you you don't want anyone to be suffering so yeah you have to think about equally you can't make a show like an image and not have reference to it so it's yeah. just thinking about how you do that that's funny but that's not um kind of wishing ill will on anyone so getting that balance is is quite tricky so um earlier this week we had a discussion about um what happens and obviously people's as we know with COVID-19 people's you know situation can deteriorate or improve yeah. by the day, so we you know we have to just watch it really really carefully and and I know last week we recorded some stuff. Um, on the Friday for Saturday's show and I think you know we just have to keep watching the news see what happens and then we make the most appropriate show we can based on that
0: well I tell you one thing during all of this I do think one of the one of the few good things to come out of it is that I feel like people have been embracing comedy and having a laugh and a bit of escapism more than ever before haven't they do you know what I mean so how can how can people watch Spitting Image how can they how can they go and watch this amazing impression that you do of Trump and Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson So it's on
1: BritBox, which is a new streaming service. So it's like a British Netflix. Um, So if you Google it, you can find it. I think you can get it through your BT box or your Virgin and Sky boxes and whatnot. Um, uh, Yeah, and the the Spit and Image Twitter account often pushes some of the, the sketches out as well. But if you want to see the full show... Uh, download Britbox.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, Matt, the book is out tomorrow. Go and buy Politically Homeless. Absolutely fantastic really interesting and and keep an eye out for, at some point down the line, a bit of erotic uh, Matt Ford (laughs) fan fiction.
1: (laughs) Cheers, mate. (laughs)